Hello, everybody. This is Zach's at it again. I'm your host, Zach Cooley, and I am happy to be on the phone with a lovely lady, uh, a local lady, who uh, has seen uh, MJ the Musical in Charlotte. Uh, she uh, was there when I was there with my family, and I'm happy to be here to talk with her about it. Angie, thank you so much for uh, joining me. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to hearing your opinion of uh, MJ the Musical. So let me ask you, did you grow up as a Michael Jackson fan? What is your background with Michael Jackson? How did you end up I, going to this show? Well, I... Uh, have always loved Michael Jackson, but the reason we went to this show is because I have season tickets to the Blumenthal, so we go to all the Broadway shows at Charlotte, and I have to say that MJ is right up among my very favorite. If it's not the best one that I've seen, it's right up there, maybe below Lion King. Aren't you fortunate to be able to see all those? Yes, well, my daughter is a huge uh, show fan and show tunes fan, and that's uh-huh. what I give her every year for Christmas, so I get to enjoy that gift as well. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. The Blumenthal is a great venue. Uh, it is. Let me tell you, I've only been to the Belt Theater one other time, mm-hmm. and that was four years ago when I took my daughter to see uh, a Mickey Mouse show. And now, here we are four years later, she's nine years old, uh, she comes home, and her little fella that she's buddies with, calls him her, her boyfriend, but at nine uh-huh. years old, I don't accept that term, boyfriend, <laughs> probably won't when she's 16 either. Or but, 40. Right. I, I said when she was born that she, she couldn't date till she was 53. Her mother, has, mm-hmm. her mother has relaxed that rule. I tell her at mm-hmm. that age, at that age, I'll be too old to care, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but, um, you know, she's our only one. And she and her little guy friend, he got her into Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And I have, I was a big Michael Jackson fan growing up. And so was my wife. We were in big Michael Jackson phases when we were about her age. Mm-hmm. Now, when she came home and said, I'm into Michael Jackson, my wife and I started getting into Michael Jackson's music again and saying, well, this is the song I was into and this is the one I really liked. And I would have only done it for her, would have only done it for my daughter. I would have never gone to see this on my own. I'd seen it advertised, and when when I saw the tickets were like $137 piece, I thought, oh my goodness, I must be crazy to do this. There's no way it's going to be that good. Mm-hmm. But we went to the show. It was the last Sunday matinee that they were doing mm-hmm. in Charlotte. It was on October 7th. And we were absolutely blown away. We were all absolutely mesmerized. I knew it would be good, but I was not prepared for how good it was going to be. 
You know, what impressed me most was all of the Michaels were outstanding, you know, from from tiny little boy all the way up to adult. Their voices were absolutely amazing. Were they not super? And even um, Jamal Fields Green, who was the alternate uh, MJ, which is Mm -hmm. the mature uh, Michael Jackson, we actually got to meet him after the show. Uh, we, oh, lucky you. We, we hung out because Bella says, I want to meet Michael. I want to meet Michael. And my neighbor had, had bought her this hat and gloves and everything. Oh. And the, whole, the, whole, the whole bit. Mm-hmm. So she said, I want to meet Michael. And I, said, and I said, honey, there's no way. She said, nope, I'm going to meet Michael. Go over, go over and ask the security guard. Well, for my daughter, I would jump through fire and water. So what did I do? Yep. I went and asked the security guard, knowing, knowing, you know, there, there's no way. And he said, y'all go right over to the stage door and stand there and wait, and he'll be out and he'll sign autographs. And I thought, well, I get, I get that of the year. So we went and yes. we went and we waited, and he came out, and he was the nicest guy and oh. just so and you could see up close he looked he was so nice uh we were more we were happier to meet him than we would have been the real michael he was yeah he was that's awesome he was just so nice and so good and i mean the way the way they all moved mm-hmm. was Absolutely breathtaking. I'm I'm wheelchair bound, so I can't even stand up. So to see somebody move like that mm-hmm. is is just it was just unbelievable. It was and it was really really uh, I don't know. Like I say, it was right up there among the top show that I've ever seen there. Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you this: What is your favorite Michael Jackson song? Um, my favorite Michael Jackson song. Wow, that's really hard to choose. But I guess Thriller right now for the season would be the one that I'm playing most. Right. Yeah, there there are many many Michael Jackson songs that I love. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to ask you how old you are. So, but I but I I don't mind sharing that. I feel very blessed that I've made it 66 years on this earth. Well, yeah, I'm quite a bit older than you. Well, uh, first, for may I say, for 66, uh, you looked absolutely marvelous. Well, Um, you're very kind. um, That may be an older picture you're looking at. I don't think I don't think it's it's that old, but. you 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 should feel very fortunate. Um, oh, I do. Uh, uh, but uh, so you you were you grew up in the eighties era when when Michael Jackson was truly the king, and he was the last of the big superstars. He, he was the stuff that that teenage dreams were made of back right. then. You know, he loved it. Right. Uh, I mean, you you look at generational stars. You had Elvis in the '50s. You had the Beatles in the '60s, and you had Michael Jackson in the '80s. And you don't have stars like that today. They don't. 
talent that talent that comes along and stays at the top for ten to fifteen years, you don't see that anymore. And you know, not to say that Michael Jackson was a role model, but in in the sense and what we knew in the nineteen eighties, everybody looked up to Michael Jackson. Everybody wanted to dance like Michael Jackson, sing like Michael Jackson. You know, I got a karaoke machine when I was seven years old so I could sing or <laughs> pretend to sing like Michael Jackson. You know, um, Thriller, uh, that is an unprecedented album. No, Nobody had ever seen anything like that before ever i mean 70 million copies is unheard of even today oh yeah i mean you don't you don't you don't even you don't count things by record sales anymore uh as opposed to download clicks but do you remember much of that thriller craze in 1982 what was that like oh it it was it was amazing um everyone you know the clothing the everywhere you went that was the music that was playing mm-hmm. and it was um it kind of took us over at that point in time and it, it was wonderful i taught had an exercise studio and i think i used every michael jackson song he had to to put in my aerobics classes because of the beat that he had in all of his songs so yeah, it was everywhere. Thriller was everywhere. I don't know if you were ever lucky enough to see Michael Jackson in person, but yeah. no, unfortunately, I wasn't. Yeah. But I feel like I have now. Yes. You know, it feel it feels like it feels like what a Michael Jackson show must have felt like. Yeah, and it yeah. was and it was being a Broadway show. It was much less Broadway ish than anything Mm -hmm. I've ever seen. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. But, you know, I I left the theater that day with extremely mixed emotions because of the sadness from the storyline of the abuse at the hands of his father. Yes. Um, So, you know, I left with with extreme high emotions from from the exciting music and the, the beautiful story. But then there's also an underlying sadness and pain from experiencing what he really went through. Certainly, and it, and it's and it's a very tragic thing all the way around mm-hmm. because you know what happens later in his life. It's like you know the part of the story that they didn't that they didn't cover, and probably with with firm intention because this is uh, sanctioned by the Jackson estate. So, and one can't help but wonder, you know, even though this was set in 1992 for the Dangerous Tour, there are some hints, you know, with the, with the painkillers and such that, you know, there's, there's a sense that they're talking about the This Is It Tour, the tour that he was going on. Uh, mm-hmm. b- before he died that he didn't live to do. Um, there was a sense that that it wasn't so much in the past as maybe they would want you to believe. Right. Um, and on the on the one hand it it was 
it was I feel that it was better than better than seeing the Michael Jackson show because you know that you would to see Michael Jackson today would probably cost five hundred dollars a ticket. And you would get an hour and a half, maybe two hours of uh, music and such as that. But in this show, you get to embrace Michael Jackson at all levels. And, mm-hmm. and each one of those guys, from the, as you said, from the little one on up, were just spot on. And, and how do you have four people in the world that are so much like Michael Jackson? Because nobody truly replicate what he did but it was almost as though his spirit was embodying uh, the creative spirit shall we say was embodying these gentlemen yeah it was absolutely amazing yes kind of get feels thinking about it actually yeah and I'm still I don't know what day you went but it's been uh, I was there that you were on Sunday the, the, the last night Oh, we were at the same show. How fantastic. All with county people at, uh, at the Michael Jackson show. Yeah. Uh, how great for us. Yes, indeed. We were representing with county at the Michael Jackson well, we, show. We were. Um, but uh, I just, I thought there is no way that it's going to be worth that much money. But let me tell you, it was. And, it if, was. It, and if it comes to Roanoke, I'm just going to get a whole streamline of tickets and everybody can load up in my big van and we'll all go. Yeah, I've told told all of my friends, if it comes anywhere close to you, you need to see it. Right. And I I would see it again. I would would absolutely see it again. Now, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned his father. It's a very important part of the story because... I think that the abuse that he received, well, I know from studying accounts and histories and things that it was downplayed. It was mm-hmm. it was hard enough to see, and I thought they shed probably a little more light on it than I expected they would. But mm-hmm. but it was still very uh, toned down, and one yeah. thing. One thing, there's that one scene where he takes him aside and say, if you know, if I punish you, it's only because I want the best for you. Uh, I, I thought that was kind of a, a, a futile uh, attempt to humanize him, and I, and I don't yeah. think, and I don't think uh, an abuser of his caliber is is worthy of of humanizing, in my opinion. I agree uh, with you. You know, when he spoke after Michael Jackson's death, he was he was trying to promote his grandchildren, you know, mm-hmm. and he had gone on an interview with Oprah saying that he would actually vomit as an adult because he would be so nervous about having to encounter his father. And mm-hmm. when Joe Jackson was approached with that, his response was, well, if he did regurgitate, he regurgitated all the way to the bank. And what kind of father says that about his child? Exactly. You know, what yeah. kind of, what kind of father says that about his child? Yeah. And I am not sure. I also did not like, and you can jump in anytime because as, as I said, I'll hog the whole thing if you let me. <laughs> um, I I'm not sure that his mother. 
would have been so much in defense of him to 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 her children because I believe that she was probably equally uh, as much a victim of abuse. I know mm -hmm. I know that she endured relentless cheating on with with her mm -hmm. husband. She uh, filed for divorce twice and redacted it both times. Mm -hmm. um, I, and by the way, that woman who played her, I was not ready for how good she was going to be either. Oh, my daughter and I both were just mesmerized when she sang it. She had a wonderful voice. And I'm telling you, it was like when she was singing that, I was like, okay, we're going to church now. Yes, it, it was quite touching. Uh, Devin Bowles, who played Joseph Jackson, in the present day was playing his tour manager. So he had the reversal, good guy, bad guy, in, yes. in a dual role. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, it was. And they do that a lot at Blumenthal, though. I, I mean, they, they have a very good way of handling those situations that, uh, mm. that, that make you think. Yes. And it was almost, you know, it was almost, it was, it was, I mean, it was, very electrifying as you as you imagine uh, a Michael Jackson performance being, um, but it, it was almost like it. I could feel it. I was in the balcony and I could feel it vibrating in my chest. It was almost too loud, too much, too much energy at some point. And it was like this is the first Broadway show I've ever seen that I think belongs in in an arena. It was a big enough sound that it could have been a stadium show. Do you agree with that? Oh, it absolutely could have been, but I I like the intimacy of the, the way, you know, and having season tickets, I was right down pretty close to the front, and um, I, I agree. It was it was loud, and it, it mm. made your insides jiggle. Right. But it was fabulous. I, I loved the intimacy of that auditorium. I agree. And even though we were in the back, there wasn't a bad seat in the house. Now, at the finale, when they came back and did the curtain call, uh, everybody was standing up, so I couldn't, I couldn't see the finale. But, you know, mm -hmm. with, it, with it being a show, most people stayed seated, and I, and I, had, and I had a great view from where I was. Most, <laughs> most important... Most importantly, my daughter had a great view. I told her she could sit on my lap if she needed to, but but okay. she she had a great view. But she, I mean, she didn't say anything. I mean, I, I just looked at her and she was wide eyed, just like my wife and I were. And I, yeah. you know, I was like, yeah, it really was. It's not. It's one that, like you said, I will see over and over if I have the opportunity. Yes, when you get to thriller. Everything just went to a whole other level. Oh, it did. Just his passion of wanting that show to be so perfect and being willing to put up his home as collateral to have enough money for his vision was, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize how motivated he was mm -hmm. to have it be perfect. Uh, never really escaped the clutches of his father, I don't think. I don't think he did either. I because think that haunted him until 
end. The day of his death. And that, that, you know, that attributed to his addiction, which led to his death. Uh, his addiction is also a result of when he was burned, and mm -hmm. that is a result of a tour that he did not want to do. That he, he did, and he has stated in his autobiography, I did not want to do the victory tour. My family mm -hmm. pressured me into doing it, and it's very obvious that they were riding on uh, his coattails, as talented as they may have been. Uh, people did not, at that point, want to see the Jacksons. They wanted to see Michael Jackson. Oh, that's and, true. And they wanted to hear songs from Thriller. They didn't want to hear, you know, ABC, and uh, they wanted they wanted Billy Jean and the Moonwalk, and uh -huh. that, and it really makes you wonder that if he had done what he had set out to do. And not and took Thriller out on the road by himself, and not done the Victory Tour, and not gotten burned, and not gotten addicted to pain pills. Where would where might he be today? How might his life have changed? How how might have the lives of others that he affected in his mm -hmm. later life? How would they have been different? You know, you have to you have to really wonder that, and it's and it's a very tragic story all the way around. It certainly is. Um, it's also interesting that you mentioned Thriller, uh -huh. the song, because we are taken through the magic of that video and what it was, and the, whole, the famous red leather jacket and all that with the zombies uh -huh. and the choreography. We are taken through that in the first act. And in the second act, he's going through it himself. He's singing back to back with his younger self, and and the demon, something evil's lurking in the dark. He's singing that, and the demon is coming for him, and that demon is his father. And this, yeah. the, the way they did that, and, and it was all done beautifully. It was all done. It was all done very visual. As the this zit tour was planned to be, and it it was a it was a magical thing. Um, uh, I thought Billie Jean, uh, Jamal Fields Green, uh, the recreation of the Motown Twenty Five that he did was even better than Michael did it. And the reason I say that is because Michael was lip syncing. Uh -huh. he, he was singing to the recording. That magical night, he did the moonwalk and got the call from Fred Astaire about how great he was. And I also loved that they paid homage to the people that were his heroes, James Brown, Jackie Wilson, the okay. Isley Brothers. And then they go to his favorite dancers, Fred Astaire, the Nicholas Brothers. A lot of people don't know who the Nicholas Brothers are. Do you? I didn't, but I looked it up. So Yes, they were a vaudeville act, a brother uh, a brother vaudeville act, and they were the first African-American dancers to sort of make it out of that chitlin circuit and, and, get, and get paid. They went on tour with uh, Big Mama Thornton, who uh, was, was the original performer of uh, Elvis Presley's Hound Dog. 
and if you've not heard her version of that, I mean, you think Elvis sings it good. Listen to Big Mama Thornton, and and she will knock you out. I'll have to do. Um, and you know she didn't get the credit she deserved. So it is very very cool. I thought that he brought the Nicholas Brothers in because a lot of people won't know who they are. Um, Fred Astaire, of course, and then then because I wasn't born, I wasn't born in time for Thriller. Um, I was born in 1985, but I, my favorite thing to do was to watch MTV. That was back in the day when MTV was music television, by the way. Uh-huh. And you actually saw uh, videos on the on those music videos. And uh-huh. Smooth Criminal was premiering on a late night video show on TBS called Night Tracks. And my mother used to tape Night Tracks for me and I'd watch it the next day. And she had recorded for me the premiere of Smooth Criminal in which he did that anti-gravity lean. And I will never forget it. That was my thriller moment where I was amazed. Yeah. That was my- that was that was my moment where I knew Michael Jackson was there was Michael Jackson and then there was everybody else. <laughs> um, so Smooth Criminal was portrayed in a show-stopping number because mm-hmm. to see that with the colors and the vitality of the neon signs and going through a '30s gangster movie, I mean they they just portrayed that perfectly. I thought. Oh. The sets were were just immaculately done. They were so, and, and actually quite simple, but uh, very effective. The way they could move things in and out and change those sets with the nudes. Yeah, not, but I mean the colors and the lights. And I mean, I'm thinking, you know, this my nine year old was the one who wanted to see this, and she's really going to get a show because that really. You know, you do something with colors and, and lights and things. That really gets kids uh, stimulated. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, she was just, but so were we. We were we were just, we were like everybody else. We just kind of sat there and okay. just didn't say anything and just drank it in. Coming, oh, I, mean, I mean, we're still talking about it. It's been 10 days and we're still talking about it. Oh, yes. My daughter, I looked over at her at one point, and uh, it was after one of the Joseph scenes, but tears were just streaming down her face. It's mm-hmm. like it, it evoked those emotions that were were deep and strong, you know? You feel the fear in that child, and you mm-hmm. feel that same fear in him as an adult, because you see him attack him after he signs the victory tour, and he's grown man at this point. <laughs> I just think that for the the icon that Michael Jackson is, that this show just represented all the things that were good about him without going into all the ugliness at the end. Right. And yes, it did touch on the ugliness of his father, but it it really didn't didn't tarnish um, my iconic viewpoint of 
Michael Jackson and I admire them for doing it the way they did it. But, you know, to find all of that talent and those little boys that played him growing up, just, yeah. you know, that is just astonishing that yeah. you can find that kind of talent. That doesn't happen. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's so much talent that it took four people to play one man. Right. You know, uh, and the the story, the way they wove that in there was beautifully done and would make would make a really good movie if they decided to do that. Oh, uh, yeah, I feel like they might. I feel like, yeah. you know, the success of this show that there may be a film coming later. If, if they did it the way this writer did it, Lynn Nottage, you can't put a price on such memories, and, and and MJ definitely was such a memory for us as well. Yeah. We um, won't forget it. We <laughs> sure will not, and thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you. You're welcome. Staying on my end. Have oh, a good night. All right. Have a good night. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. <laughs>